0: It is well. It is it is well with my soul mm-hmm. You give me peace, peace like a river. You're always providing when I'm not at ease, you know what I need. You're there holding my hand, Through has and the lows. I know that you won't. You won't let me down, down, down What's up, down, Jesus down, people? Down. It's Ursula. Hey, 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 and AJ. Welcome to the One Lost Sheep podcast. Woo woo. Today we're continuing our look at the people God chose to spread truth to humanity. But today we take a closer look at what happened to them after Jesus died. And we're actually focusing on their deaths. So,
1: AJ, let's get a little gory. I feel like this is going to be a long episode. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? We'll find out. We'll find out. You don't feel that way? I feel like this is...
0: Well, that's why we broke it into two parts. And last week we did the Bible study. We did the super fun question. So today we're just focusing on finishing the story and then we're going to do a testimony. So
1: yeah. So we each picked, I wouldn't say our favorite apostle, but we each picked an apostle. Well, you you love Matthew. I know, but I want to get to know all of them before I pick a few. Well, I have
0: a new favorite. After reading about their deaths, I just can't
1: help it. Who is it? Well, I'll tell you what we're doing. <laughs> I was like, now I want to
0: know. I mean, there's one that really stands out. I'm like, this guy's amazing.
1: I chose Matthew because of The Chosen, the show. I love that show and I love him in that show. So I was like, I'm going with Matthew. But there's like barely anything about him in the Bible. So it was a tough call. But well, you'll get to meet him someday and I know. tell him how much you loved the character. that. You're played right. You're right. <laughs> You're right.
0: I like the character that played you. <laughs> really love what they did with him. <laughs> Well, I'm excited about today because following Jesus and making that decision, it's a big deal, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. And one of the ways in which I found my faith was in looking at the big picture. And the big picture is looking at the people that Jesus was with. And what happened to them after he died? Because if you look at the stories of who they were when he was alive versus the men they became after he died, we're not talking about the same people. We are talking about the same people, but we're not.
1: Something drastically changed them. These are like radical differences. Yes. You know?
0: Yes. And the only thing capable of changing somebody that much would be. resurrection yeah would be seeing someone come back from the dead cementing their faith That's so true
1: it's true i feel like you see all these movies that are gory and you know someone's being tortured or whatever and you're like all right i give you give up they didn't nobody would die for a lie no exactly well put Ursula yes nobody would die for a lie you'd be like all right it's not true or or, I'm making it up or whatever like they all stood strong especially these deaths I mean they are painful
0: horrific deaths I mean some of them I'm like what the heck yeah like Peter my (laughs) my guy I'm like he requested to make his death worse I mean
1: Peter yeah crazy that's exactly right they would not lie yeah and if they did they were all crazy so
0: (laughs) right oh we're gonna do an episode on that Oh, and was Jesus honest or was he crazy? He was honest. That's the answer. <laughs> you know what? Let's not do the episode. AJ has told yeah. us the end. <laughs> that's it. End of story. <laughs> so I read the best thing the other day. Ooh, It's so good. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John Owen, a pastor and a theologian in the 1600s said, you are either killing sin or sin is killing you. Oh, wow. Every yeah, moment yeah, of your life, good. it is a fight between sin and between... Oh, my lanta. You know? It's and, true. And it's if true. you choose sin, that's taking you away from God,
1: which is eternal life. Which yeah. The wages of sin are death. I just want to say from last week's episode, I had made a lasagna and gave it to my daughter. And she... Where? <laughs> You'll see where I'm going with this. You'll see where I'm going with this. Oh, my God. Because you just said this quote. And I just have to go back to last week's quote. Comes full circle. So I made this lasagna for my daughter and she can't eat dairy. Well, she's not supposed to eat dairy. So I made this lasagna and I took it to her. It didn't turn out the best. And she was like, do you want it back? (laughs) So... We took it back. It wasn't the best, but I mean, it was fine. So Alex and I took the lasagna back and we're in the car because we are starving and we're eating. And I was like, I can't believe she didn't like this. And he's like, yeah, it's not the best thing we've ever had, but it's still good. <laughs> and does that not? I mean, last week you said not every meal is the best thing you're yeah. ever going to have. Anywho, that reminded me of it. And I had to tell you that. Can I say something? Like for a college student to turn away a lasagna, I guess that I must had have be- been pretty bad. <laughs>
0: To turn away free food. I mean, AJ. (laughs) She's
1: eating like TV dinners, and she's like, no, I'm good. (laughs) How heartless.
0: Well, I also heard something really cool at a sermon a few weeks ago, and the preacher was talking about uh, the Great Commission and how, why, you know, Jesus wants everyone to share the gospel. And so she was basically laid out the... Sermon by giving reasons, you know, why you should share the gospel. But one of the reasons was because somebody did it for you.
1: And that got me thinking. And I was like, that's true. Who did it for you? I mean, I don't want to be corny, but I would say my daughter.
0: Oh, and not that she
1: said or did anything, but I wanted her to go to church and grow up in the church. So she kind of was the reason I was like, yeah, I got to keep doing this. I want her to learn this. Mm-hmm. And then When she was little, I mean, she was like, had hardcore faith. She got in an argument one time with a neighbor because they didn't believe in God. And I was like, all right, you can't,
2: you can't do that. She like
1: could not, she's like so little and she could not grasp that someone didn't believe in God. I was like, oh gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. So I would say her. Do you have someone? Is there someone specific for you? Yeah. So, so remember in our
0: second episode, Sheeps Unite, when I talked about being at a sales meeting and we were supposed to announce the best thing that happened to us personally that year. Yeah. And a guy raised his hand and said, "I was saved," and I was really creeped out by it at the time. (laughs) Yeah. So I called him one night, and I'm not going to get too much into the details because that's you know that's just part of my testimony. But that's a long story, and I was I was in the worst place I've ever been. And and I didn't know who to call, but I just remember he was my friend. And I remember every time I was around him, he just had this joy and it was it was addicting. And so I called him and I was like, I'm scared. I don't know what to believe. I don't know if there's a God. And he's like, listen... I'll talk to you, but I'd rather you talk to this person. He gave me a name, but I don't remember. What I remember is I called the number. Uh, It turns out years later, I found out it was his close friend who was a pastor. But I said to him, I said, I don't know what to believe. I'm scared. And he said something really interesting. He said, I think you do know what to believe. And he recommended I read a book called More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. And that actually got me started on all of my apologetic studies, which that type of reasoning really worked for me. I accepted Christ maybe less than a week later is when I had that moment where I was You've never
1: told me that story. Yeah, I didn't? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so whoever that stranger was, thank you. Yeah. Shall we begin? You want me to go first? You want to go first? What do you yeah.
0: Want? Talk talk about Matthew. Let's dig into Matthew. We're gonna talk about all the ways that every apostle perished for their faith, but we each took an apostle and just deep dove into that apostle with our research to paint that bigger, broader picture of who they were as people before and after.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um want to start by. I know I said this podcast might be long, but my my part might be short because Matthew's not mentioned very much. <laughs> <laughs> so he, it's Matthew. He was also referred to as Levi sometimes. And we're not sure if that's because um, after his encounter with Jesus, he was given the name Matthew or... Or if it was because he was a Levite and that was more of a tribal name, um, that that part's kind of unknown. But we're going to refer to him as Matthew. So he actually wrote the first gospel in the New Testament. Um, so before Jesus, he's from Capernaum and he was a tax collector. So this is a Jewish tax collector. So he was known to be a traitor of the Jews. So he worked for the Romans. So just to kind of let you know. Tax collectors, they were known for lying about what was owed and taking people's money and then saying like, oh, you owe this much, lying about how much, and then pocketing the difference. Oh, wow. There was actually a quote in Luke 3, 12 and 13. It's something like, collect no more than you are authorized to do. So they were even told, you know... Not to do that. So it's widely known that that's what they're doing. There's even a part in the Bible where they're saying like, even tax collectors came to be baptized. Wow. And actually, John the Baptist says, don't collect any more than you are required to. So this part isn't specifically about Matthew, but it's just to let you know how terrible they were viewed as or they were. were, Yeah. Yeah. Well, money is tempting. Money is tempting. Yeah. Even tax collectors can be baptized. (laughs) So that's him before Jesus. Jesus is in Capernaum and he was teaching a large crowd and he walks along and he sees Matthew sitting at a collector's booth. He's just sitting at work. Jesus walks up to him and says, follow me. So Matthew. I don't know why, but I just got like full body goosebumps. It's so good. So Matthew gets up. No question. Nothing. Oh, my gosh. Gets up and follows him. That's it. Gets up and follows him. There is no, he doesn't think about it. Can you imagine someone coming into your work and be like, hey, come with me and you just get up out of work <laughs> and go? That's it. Bye, gotta go. Wow. He So I don't know. It doesn't say if he's seen all these miracles that Jesus has been doing. I don't know, but something in him, whether it be that or just something inside of him, the Holy Spirit, I don't know. He got up and he followed Jesus. That's, That's it. A, wow and then he has jesus at his house with many tax collectors and sinners which we talked about actually in an earlier episode about the pharisees questioning right why jesus was sitting with sinners why were they why was he sitting and eating with sinners and jesus says it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick i have not come to call the righteous but the sinners anywho back to matthew so he was one of the guys that was given authority by jesus to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He's given the authority to heal the sick, given authority to raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. He's told freely, you have received freely give. Isn't that amazing? Beautiful. Yeah. So this guy changes clearly because Jesus picked him because he knows his heart. And then it is widely believed and most commonly accepted that his death was actually, he died for his faith. He died a martyr. So he died for his faith, like we were talking about. And it's most widely believed that he was stabbed to death in Africa by a sword. Oh wow. That is what we know about Matthew. Like what a change going from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think about the person I was before I found Jesus. I mean, I don't even like to think about it. <laughs> I don't even like to know that person I almost
0: like dissociate. Like I'm like, I'm yeah. just a different person. You it's know, I don't us. really
1: recognize myself. Yeah. But wow. AJ okay, and Ursula B C before <laughs> <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay,
0: so you're up. I'm up. I'm up with my man, Peter. Peter was a fisherman. Um, so in the ancient world, that means he was most likely uneducated because there was no point once you were old enough to learn your trade, you were out there, you were fishing, you were making money. But he would have had street smarts because part of his trade was selling and you know trying to get the best price. So he would have had really good street smarts. Fishermen were men of action. They were physical. They were unafraid of others. They worked year-round, rough hours, okay? These guys were just rough, tough men. And Peter was impetuous. He was always speaking, but not always before thinking. A lot of people know Peter for being the apostle who denied Jesus three times at the uh, crucifixion. But he's also the apostle who cut off the guard's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane the night that Jesus was arrested. Um, The Bible doesn't shy away from showing us Peter's sin, which I'm so appreciative of. There is a story in Matthew where Jesus reveals for the first time that he was going to die and be raised from the dead. And Peter was all, that's not going to happen to you. We're not going to let that happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are not setting your mind on the things of God. And ironically, just moments before that, Peter had declared that Jesus was the son of the living God. And then moments later, he rebukes him. But pro tip, by the way, I started using that. Like anytime there's something that you're wrestling with, get behind me, Satan. You know, show your sin that your sin is behind you it's not the other way around i need that in another story jesus asked the disciples to wash their feet and it was uh, symbolic it was at the last supper but peter was like you're not washing my feet you know and obviously it was because he felt uncomfortable with the idea of the lord god and savior washing his feet but jesus says you know until i wash your feet you can't share life with me but again peter was not fully submitting to jesus But my favorite story about Peter is he, Jesus was standing on the water and he called Peter and Peter actually was the only apostle to walk on water. Uh, But then, you know, it said that the winds picked up and he sank. And, you know, he's just the kind of guy that has the confidence and the faith to do something, but then at some point starts to doubt himself. And that's why he denied Jesus at the crucifixion, right? I
1: think we can all relate to doubting ourselves.
0: Yeah. And I want to also point out that even right after Jesus died, the apostles, they were not – it's not like Jesus died and they were like, all right, guys, it's time to share the gospel. That is not what happened. They hid in a room for three days because they were terrified. Because they did not understand Jesus' teachings, they did not take it literally that he was going to die and be raised from the dead. They didn't understand it, and so they hid, and they were scared, and they locked themselves in a room for three days until they saw the living God. But 50 days after the resurrection, Peter preached to a crowd of 3,000, and they all accepted Christ. At one point, he was arrested by King Herod, who assigned 16 guards to guard his cell, yet an angel helped him escape from prison the night before his trial, which I think is really cool. He ended up being the author of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, the books in the Bible, and he was the primary source of information for Mark's gospel. He also became the leader of the apostles after Jesus ascended to heaven, and he supercharged their ministry, (laughs) and you know, they all made a plan to conquer and divide the nations and spread the gospel. So Peter was killed by Emperor Nero around 64 AD, and he was crucified like Jesus for his faith. He was asked to denounce his faith. He would not. However, he asked to be crucified upside down because he did not think he deserved to be crucified like his Lord.
1: That's crazy. I mean, he's like, let's make it worse. How for do me.
0: you go In from the guy of, yeah. who denied Jesus three times at the crucifixion? To being like, hang me upside down. Because he was
1: irrevocably proved wrong. Yes. You know, 11 of the apostles were martyred. 11 of them. Judas was one that he was, he killed himself. Yeah, he doesn't. He was
0: replaced by Matthias. Yes. Let's talk about their manner of deaths.
1: Oh, heartbreaking. Because I want to get to the one that floored me. Should we just go through them? Let's go through them. Just plow through them. All right. So we'll start with Mark. Mark died in Alexandria, Egypt, uh, after being dragged by horses through the streets until he was dead. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh. Do you just want to go back and forth? Like I'll say one, yeah. you say one.
0: Okay. James, son of Zebedee, he was actually the first to die of all the apostles, obviously not including Judas. I didn't know that. Yep. So he became a strong leader of the church. He was beheaded in Jerusalem. But this is a really cool story. The Roman officer who was assigned to guard him was amazed that James never wavered from his faith at his trial. And the same guard walked him to his place of execution, which was a beheading and then at that moment confessed to the judge that he too was now a Christian and he succumbed to a beheading.
1: Now I have goosebumps. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? That's crazy. I know. Wow, that's really cool. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how we're supposed to go after that one, but uh, Luke was <laughs> hanged in Greece for, as a result for preaching. Ugh. Bartholomew was flayed to death by a whip. So this one actually makes me kind of sick to my stomach. John was actually boiled in a huge basin of boiling oil during a Christian persecution in Rome. He actually survived it somehow. And then he was sentenced to exile in the prison islands of Patmos. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Patmos. Yeah. And so that's where he wrote. That's where he received revelation. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say that he received a vision from the Lord and he wrote revelation, the final book of the Bible. (laughs) But boiled in oil. And and surviving? Holy cow. That's
0: terrible. (sighs) Uh, Thomas was stabbed with a
1: spear in India during a missionary trip to establish the church. Um, And then I have James, and he was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, and he was thrown over 100 feet down from the southeast pinnacle of the temple when he refused to deny his faith. He actually survived the fall, but then they beat him to death. The heck? I know. All right. You got the last one. Can you imagine like surviving
0: that fall and then, oh my gosh. No, I
1: actually can't, (laughs) Ursula. I cannot imagine that. (laughs) It would be terrible. Still, the boiling oil gets me the most. Yeah. Well,
0: listen to Andrew. Are you ready for this one? Is this the last
1: one? Yeah. It's the last
0: one. So Andrew was whipped for his faith. We're talking like he's a bloody pulp. Yeah, He was whipped for his faith, and instead of nailing him to the cross, they wanted to prolong his suffering, so they tied him to the cross, and he actually hung there for two days before he died. But guess what he did in the two days? What? He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. While he was dying. While he was dying on the cross. That's so crazy. I, like
1: Amazing. The, he, this
0: is like the best. Yeah. I can't, like, you're in so much pain. How on earth
1: is this happening? Sometimes I don't know how anyone can even question it. How can you even question the resurrection just based off of this alone? Well, that's why I
0: find so much validity in the study of apologetics, because it takes a big picture approach to the deity of Jesus Christ instead of just saying, okay, well, you know, it's it says in the Bible. Well, yeah, but there's more factors to consider. We have history and we have stories like the deaths of the apostles. When, yeah. when would 12 of the same men die with such was, conviction? Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Well, that's the end of our episode. We will see you guys in two weeks when we do an episode on forgiveness.
1: Per a request, actually.
0: Ooh, yeah, our very first
1: request. How exciting. I know, I can't wait. Next one's gonna be a good one. They all are, but that's what I'm really excited for. You say that every time. <laughs> I know, it's true. <laughs> all right, well, AJ is going to introduce our testimony. All right, this is my dear friend, Samantha, who learned
2: to trust God. It's such a beautiful story. Enjoy. I am someone who has always had God in my life. From being baptized as a baby, attending church and CCD every Sunday at a young age, and even going to a private high school that incorporated our faith into our daily education. Practicing my faith and being surrounded by many other friends and family who shared the same values and beliefs was the norm for me. With that being said, I think I was bound to stray away from God at some point in my life. And I absolutely did. My religion was always something I had to do. I knew those were the rules. There were no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We go to church. This is our faith, and we believe in God. There was never a point in my life, though, where I ever questioned whether God was real or not, or if I truly believed in what I was taught for so many years. I always knew and felt in my heart that He was. However, when I came into my young adult years, I truthfully felt like the farthest thing from being a true and decent Catholic. I was in my early 20s, and I just wanted to be 20. I was having fun, dabbling into things I knew were bad. I dated guys, stayed the night at their house, snuck out to meet friends, all the typical teenage stuff. So I felt like the biggest hypocrite when it came to going to church on Sunday morning and saying I was sorry for my sins. The truth was, I was not sorry. I was having fun, and I liked the way it felt. I knew some of the things I did were very against my faith, but I also knew there was a very big chance I would be doing the exact same thing come the following weekend. I guess you could call it my rebel phase. Even though I wasn't trying to deliberately defy God, I was having a really hard time not. But like all phases in a young adult's life, it does come to an end. For me, that point was when I became a mother suddenly there was nothing more important to me than introducing my daughter to the ways and words of god i had two more daughters following her and i will never forget the feeling i got the very first time i returned back to church it was as if i had spent years traveling to far off places but somehow managed to come back to my roots i felt safe i felt peace and i felt home It was in that moment that I realized how truly grateful I was for my upbringing in my faith, for all the opportunities I had with my church and a loving and supporting community that I had at one point taken it all for granted. The memories I have growing up are unique and special, and I value them and cherish them so much more now being a mom and knowing that I can give my girls those special and amazing memories as well. I can give them the word of God and when they are older and if the day should come my children decide to stray away from God I will know that it will be okay that God will continue to hold them in his hearts while they face their challenging times that the love they have for Jesus now and in years to come will be strong enough to not disown him and that they will soon again come back to their faith and find their own way back home.
1: If this episode moved you, feel free to like, subscribe, and share, and join us every other Thursday. Also, if you'd like to share your testimony, please email us at info at And as always, may God bless you, and may the Spirit fill you.